Hi, how's it going? Thanks for tuning in to episode 67 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Joining us on the show is third time returning guest, editor in cape over at A Place to Hang Your Cape, David Malofsky. We dissect blockbuster trailers with David. Uh, he used to work at a trailer house, so he gives us a little bit of an inside look at what it takes to cut a really good trailer. It's kind of an interactive show. David brings us a little game, so make sure you check the show notes. You can find right in your podcast app or at jockinerd.com slash 67. Now, you're going to want to listen to the very end, listener, because we happen to record this show mere hours before they drop the new Captain America Civil War trailer. And then a week later, Warner Brothers uh, releases their newest Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice trailer. So David was very nice and sent us a update voice memo. That'll be at the very, very end of the show, giving us his thoughts on those new trailers. This is a fun, interactive show. Check it out. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockey Nerd! Hey, friend. Thanks for joining us this is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He is the nerd. And joining us today is another returning guest. I love this, Anthony. It's, it's like, like we have three a, time. We have a cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, third time. Three time, three time, three time. For our guest. guest today, editor and cape over at A Place to Hang Your Cape, ap2hyc.com, Mr. David Malofsky. What's up, D? How's it going? I'm good, guys. Happy to be back for the third time. Yeah, I think that's a new record. Like well, other uh, than Rugboy. Well, Rugboy, Rugboy doesn't yeah. count. He's uh, he's staff, like I said. Uh, but he's not getting paid. No, <laughs> he's unpaid volunteer staff. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, David's third time. The first time was uh, that episode we found a place to hang our capes. Yeah, when we debuted on it. Yeah, where we uh, t- mm-hmm. uh, busted busted David Malofsky out to our audience. We busted a nut all up. No, I'm sorry. Busted a nut all <laughs> oh, shit. All right, we'll start it up. You get the first one. Bust my... Uh... Podcast Cherry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Pa- pa- podcast Cherries. He was one of the Podcast Cherries, and since then, David's been on a bunch, and then he was on... Superior Spider-Man crossover. Crossover, which was uh, an AP2HYC Endeavor. Right. That was all David. Spider Timber. Remember Spider Timber, listener? That was fun. Yeah. And then... Yeah, well, we, we did Frankskiving a couple weeks ago for Frank Miller. Oh, oh wow. Frankskiving. That's yeah. a great idea. But then we, we were recently on a show with David Malofsky and like 11 other people. Oh, that was on wild. HD1 Jump. I'll put a, a link to Yeah, show. it yeah. was the HD1 Jump Thanksgiving special with 13 people on Skype. And if uh, I didn't think that was possible, apparently it is. It's not very uh, clean. It's a little messy and chaotic. That'll be a weeks ago once the show releases. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to relive uh, Thanksgiving for us U.S. listeners. And if you're not in the United States, uh, uh, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. That's pretty much how it it's when we down. conquered the Indians. <laughs> yeah. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't alienate all my British listeners. Come on. That's on. right. That's right. David lives in London. He's an American. But right now, D, you are in the States, aren't you? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm, I'm back home in D.C. for Thanksgiving. Nice. Oh, that's uh-huh. nice. Because yeah. Thanksgiving out there is uh, non-existent. So is it weird to like be out there uh, during Thanksgiving? Have you done that? Yeah, last year I was actually I was working at this pub um, no, two years ago uh, for Thanksgiving, and it was just super weird because it was in um, the neighborhood where they house all the Americans from the embassy. Yeah, mm. so there was a bunch of Americans celebrating Thanksgiving in the pub, 
and they like kept insisting that I be the bar- their like server because I was the only American there. They were trying to like get me to be Thanksgiving, and I was <laughs> just sort of like oh, I just want to be home and Aww. with my family. But no, this year I'm I'm back, and it's that's good. awesome. So for the listener that doesn't follow our show on the reg. Um, the reason why we're mentioning Thanksgiving so much is we're recording this about two days before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But this show, it will release in December, I think around December 15th or yeah. so. So might not make a lot of yeah. sense, but just kind of go with it because that's the way we do shit around here. Happy right? Thanksgiving, Americans. Yeah. Uh, so this show, we have David actually uh, – this is David's topic that he brought to yeah. the show. He uh, Kind of complimentary to our episode 39, which was uh, the power of short-form storytelling with the awesome – Christopher J. Satello, Anthony, your really a talented filmmaker buddy. Yeah, he recently moved to San Francisco. He works for the Googles now, doesn't the Google, he? Google, yeah. Oh wow, oh, shit. he works. Geek he works for the Googles. Yeah. That's quite impressive. So that was a great show because I feel like a lot of people learned. We learned kind of the. He broke down trailers and uh, the right. art of uh, trailers, the art of short form. He's made. He changed the way I look at trailers. Now I'm like have a much more critical eye to trailers. He made me like a trailer snob. Actually. Yeah, right? I kind of want to punch him in the face. Malofsky, what'd you you uh, that show see? to uh, elicit quite a reaction from you. Yeah, so, I mean, I used to work for a trailer house uh, ah. a few years ago, so I loved hearing about that because I love talking about trailers and um, just, you know, looking at it through the lens of storytelling was a little bit different from the way that I had always been looking at them. That would be interesting. So, yeah, good and that's why we wanted to. So, yeah, in that show, we talked about, like, the creative part, the storytelling part, but... Unfortunately, there's also a marketing kind of businessy side to these things too. So, David, what a trailer house is just like they just make trailers. Is that what? Yeah. So the company I worked for was based in Manhattan, and basically they were an well, actually they were an international company, um, and so they worked on films like um, I think they did The King's Speech and A Single Man. Um, while I was there, we did The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, things like that. And it's basically you just get the film, and um, the producers and the director sort of give a little bit of direction and then an editor cuts it and there's a whole team that was with me at the house and um you know i was sort of just the assistant really but there's a director a producer and an editor that would work together on each trailer and sometimes it bring in copywriters or graphic designers to get everything sorted but a lot of that work is just directly through the trailer house and they don't really work with the rest of the film team at all mm. it's a whole yeah that's so what satella uh, was saying it's a separate whole company uh, so yeah, exactly. I thought this would be a great compliment to episode 39. Now, before we get into that, let's just turn on some of our new listeners because I think we have a lot of new listeners, we always get new listeners. since the last time you've been on. Turn on, give, take a minute, turn them on to a place to hang your pop, Make them pop a geek boner right Yes, now make AP2 them be all about AP2HYC. Yeah. So A Place to Hang Your Cape um, is a superhero and comic book site. We have a ton of content. Um we got uh, interviews, reviews, um, list articles, humor pieces. Um, we're plugging our YouTube channel now a lot, um, getting some good stuff there. You can see me get drunk and play video games. Sounds fun. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Uh, I mean, we do a lot of like small press comics. So it, a lot of it will be like if you're looking for a new comic to read and you don't really know, especially now that Christmas is coming up and you want to get someone a gift that they haven't heard of, we have tons of reviews of like small press comics that are really great. Uh, we love to you know promote the sort of indie creators and stuff. Um, yeah, perfect for a last yeah. minute gift idea. Yeah. I also love you guys do similar to how we do episodic weekly reviews of the TV shows. You guys do episodic weekly reviews yeah. of a lot of shows. 
Every week we do actually we do so many now. Um, I noticed that, dude. Every show you guys are are all do you, over. Do you have one writer doing yeah. all of them, or do you, is he one writer? No, I think we have. Each? Well, we have one. Each writer is assigned to one. Show. Each show is done by one writer that's, with a backup. Good. But I think we have four or five in the TV department now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we do. We do like half the CW lineup yeah. during the week. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. Lots of great content over there, man. You guys are always putting stuff out, and uh, and one of the homes of uh, the Jock and Nerd the podcast, the London home of the Jock and Nerd podcast, one of our awesome affiliate uh, partners, and we love we uh, love AP two H Y C. I love when you tweet out our shows. I would always get very excited. Then we retweet it. Then I retweet uh, the crap out of it. Uh, so it's been a great partnership. Thank you so much, dude. It's been a lot of fun since uh, you know that first show where you're like hey let's uh get you on the site so yeah and since then we're on all these other awesome networks so guys check out ap2hyc.com again check the show notes all these links will be in there and uh i think you'll enjoy it all right let's, let's get, get into the, into the trailers the Jock and podcast. the marketing side of trailers but also, Malofsky, you've brought us a fun little game, and I think this is a, could be a fun game for the listener to play along at sure. home right there on their device or their computer, wherever they're listening to this. Probably while they're driving, they should look at these Especially videos Especially while, they're, while driving. they're driving. We want you to look you away. You should hold it in your hand and not pay attention to the road while you're <laughs> or doing Or you this. could pull over and play nah. or just wait. No, live dangerously. All okay. right, fine. You're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> Put on the oh, do you even you know? podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put it on the dashboard. Yeah, what, what's the point of living on the straight and narrow? We're all going to die. Everyone anyways, has you know? those. I have one of those little things. Like everyone's got their phone on the oh, dash. Yeah. It's hilarious. There's yeah. like movies going. I don't understand how nobody's just crashing into everyone else all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. So what are we talking about, David? <laughs> so um, I guess when I first emailed you guys, I was telling you about uh, the FYF, which is the fuck yeah factor okay. that um, my buddies and I came up with, which is um, a rating scale for trailers and how much you want to yell fuck yeah, yeah after you see the trailer. So it starts at 11 and it goes up to 20 because if a trailer doesn't even hit 10, then you're not going to say fuck yeah because then it's a shitty trailer. Sure. Um, so... We came up with this about seven or eight years ago, back in like 2006 or so. Well, was so, this while you were working? Uh, no, this is before I worked. Before, okay. This is actually, I told them about this, and that's how I got the job. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I was actually in the interview, and I was able to say, like, um, my friends and I had a rating. I didn't say fuck yeah in the interview because <laughs> that's not okay. F yeah. But Hell yeah. Like, yeah, I was just saying, like, we have a rating system, and just the fact that I could talk about things that I liked in various trailers, and um, I think it was even the fact that they were impressed that I was choosing examples that weren't trailers that had come out in the last few years. They were, these were, like, slightly older, um, especially a lot of the ones that we're going to watch today. Um, so the game is to try to watch the trailers without actually seeing what they are. Yeah so, yeah, so here's what we're going to do. In the show notes, and I have not watched these trailers either. I have not. Either. In the show notes, you're going to see a list of YouTube links. There, Specifically, I put the raw URL in there. I would never do that on a normal – it's not SEO friendly, people. No, it's not. But for the matters of this game, we don't want to know – what the movie is. You want to experience this, uh, like you said, David, as if you're in the theater and you don't know what trailer's coming on and to see what kind of reaction. So there'll be the number and then the trailer. And you guys can follow along. We'll say the, what number this is and click. So pause the show, click on the video, try not to look at the title 
Uh, or, and then just try to enjoy the trailer as it is. I think it'll be a fun play-along game. I think so, too. So you'll hear us before and then after we watch the trailer. Yeah. And uh, we'll discuss you, the you won't hear the whole. Tra- you won't hear the trailer on the show, but if you play along, it'll make a lot of sense. Play along at home, listener. Yeah. Lots of fun. You ready, David? So yeah. should we just start with the lowest? You got a 12 yeah, do you, here. How do you want to start this? Yeah, let's start with the number 12, okay. and then I'll talk about each one a little bit, because each of them are also, I chose some of them for specific reasons and things to talk about. Each okay. one. Okay, so you're, we're going to play it, but you're not going to hear the audio on your end either. So Yeah, I'll, I've already, I know what they are. Okay. okay. All right, here we'll we go. You know number done. 12, do, Anthony, don't look at the title. Talking nerd! Okay. Do we, do we tell the listener what we We're just ba- saw? Well, let's describe it. Uh, well, they're, well they'll, unless they've they watched, watched it yeah, too. They're... Wow, that's actually very interesting. I kind of remember that. I remember seeing that teaser as Number well. Number 12 was the teaser for Transformers. A 12 rating. Number The 12, 12 rating. rating. Yeah. F- this is a 12 rating, which is uh, – I'm surprised. I would have gave it a little bit higher because I loved it. There was, a, there was no dialogue. Yeah. And it starts out like it's a like it's a space NASA film, yeah, space mystery, kind of like an Apollo thirteen, yeah. a government thing, and you don't really know what's going on for a long time. You're hearing static, you're hearing radio transmissions. It also almost plays like a documentary. At first. Yes, yes, yeah. it's, it had a very documentary feel, which I enjoyed. It's funny you you see that trailer, and I remember seeing it at the time. I'm like, that's a damn good teaser. It's, that was an mm. excellent teaser because you don't you see a blurry backlit. Transformer for a second, right? For just a and second. at that moment, you're like, Geek "Oh, what was that? That was awesome!" And uh, then, but the the there's no dialogue. I, I the like movie. the playing with like natural, like with with things that might have that did happen in history. Yes, and, like, tying it tying to a it historical to, event. It's funny though that they play that tr- teaser, but then if you see the Transformers, you never see anything. Well, like, it the, doesn't even allude to that no. tra- teaser at all. Yeah. So the. That's part of the reason I picked it because it's a teaser that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that actually happens in the movie. Right. Yeah. None of the footage is in the movie. Like it's nothing. It's literally shot like, just that's for a, teaser. a really good teaser. Right. Like because all it does is tease you and say the movie's coming. That's Plus, it's, ac- it's it. actually uh, makes the movie seem like it was going to be better. Should have been better than it was. I actually thought the first <laughs> yeah. Transformers was okay. Then, it was then okay. They, then they got shitty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. still, like after that teaser, oh, yeah. you're expecting like, like an ep- something epic. Something but then awesome. you know what kills it is when the last minute it says a Michael Bay film, yeah. film and you're like, yeah. Yeah. well, and, I and was going to. That's why I went down to a twelve. <laughs> okay, I guess that's a good twelve. But I think that's a really good teaser, especially yeah, great teaser. based off of the Chris, coming off the Chris recording the Chris Tello show. I mean, like, that there's not a lot of dialogue, but it teases enough of what the film could be yes you don't now it, this is in hindsight you know what the film was but right exactly c- coming up to that film leading up to that film you you're like wow this is going to be like this space mystery cover-up sort of story with an alien invasion well, almost like, like aliens feel yeah yeah and then you're like fuck yeah it's transformers Woo! and then the little kid yeah. in you just gets excited and then the little kid in you gets and you see and you see the the title it. credits transform into the date Yes. And that's cool. And the, into yeah, the, that, the Autobots. And, uh, and at the time, getting that hint of the effects of the transforming. Like, yes. that's the first time you saw anything transformed. Oh. That was amazing back right. then. That's a good point. Yeah, that was showing you what his style of transforming. All right. That it's, was fun. It's weird seeing it eight years later. Right. And you're like, I already yeah, know exactly. like, how this kind of went. And I know how things transformed. But at the time, if you put yourself back in that right, time. Right. Imagine part, sitting like, there. And this is, what was that, 2007? 2007, yeah. 2007, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that teaser been... probably came out in 2006. Right, like, right. Yeah, like yeah. late probably winter, winter 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah, so 
I kind of remember, I think I may have seen that in theater. I was like, whoa, yeah. all right. Yeah. Bring it on, except for the Michael Bay. All right, so uh, should we go to the number FYF rating 13? Should we do that, David? Yeah, let's go for One it. One point more than Transformers. I'm really curious to find out what this is. Listener, pause it right here. Watch the trailer. We'll be back. Talking nerd. Nice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's that's still a fuck yeah, despite whatever Dalhauer thinks. No, no, no. It, it it's a fuck yeah teaser. Yes. It's not a sure. great movie. Like we did with Dal we analyzed it with Dalhauer and it's not a great movie. Yes. But when you, again you have to put yourself back in that time. Oh yeah. Coming off of Spider Man Co- two. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you the, see the black So suit. let's just say yeah. that trailer was Spider Man three was a minute and a half at Nerdist Matt Dalhauer's favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but man, that trailer it did a lot of things right. It did so much right. Right from it the beginning. Did a lot of things right that the movie yes. didn't do right. <laughs> yeah. Again, isn't there a scene in there that's not in the movie also? The one well, where he actually sees himself? Well, he's, when he sees his reflection in the movie, Probably. he As sees the old costume. He sees the black suit. In the movie, right? In the movie, he looks back and he's seeing the black suit. But it's it's more powerful in that yes. fucking teaser that he's seeing yeah, himself exactly. I don't know why in the they red and blue. Do that in the movie. And doesn't realize that he's in a black suit. So, so I mean, first off, a, a lot of the reasons why things will change between the trailer and the movie is you get when you get sent the trailer the the film to do the trailer it's not always the final version of the film right um but i think for this one i think they literally just created that shot for the the teaser because it is so powerful and straight out of the comics and like like the animated series for me yeah um yeah so I, i mean that one i picked because it was a it's a great teaser for what yeah there's a lot wrong with the movie right but it's also that Coming off of Spider-Man 2, seeing that, and you're like, oh, man, they're going to do Venom. Yeah. They're going to do Venom. And actually, the first part, the first half of that, where it's it focuses great. in on the Venom part, like, if that had just been the movie, yeah. the movie would have been yeah. great. And then you, they throw all this other stuff, and it gets you geeked. And you, I love, actually, I even love the CGI in the beginning, because you were used to that, the, that, the pattern of the suit and the web. Yeah. And then you see the black uh, goo creep on it, and that instantly gives you, like, you're like, oh, I know where they're going. You don't even need to see the story to know, or, like, get any plot in that teaser to know that something's happening that's really cool. Like, the black suit's taking over. And then you're just seeing it's shots of all darker. the main like actors and actresses in fight scenes, but it's great that it just, it's just a tease and it's a tease of something that has potential to be really awesome. I, w- I was thinking the exact exactly. same thing. I was like, man, that movie had potential. Yeah. I still love it. Minus a couple of, take some things out. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of the, so just to say, uh, uh, yeah, you're the a few more man. of these are going to be teasers. And the reason I picked I love a lot of teasers, I like the especially teasers. is I think that, yeah, but it's, that they're the ones that are geared towards that fuck yeah reaction. Yes. Especially when it's a franchise. And it's, but when you have a teaser, it's all about getting, like, making someone remember when they walk out of the theater, oh, right, there's that other movie coming up. Yeah. Right. And you have, so a lot of them do have to have that really powerful reaction to them. Um, I mean, I think this one really knocks it out of the park oh, on that yeah. front. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, David, have you noticed, um, just to date this, not date this, but, the Star Wars trailers that have come out for the new movie, mm-hmm. they've all kind of been teaser-esque. Whereas you notice yeah. most of the movies do a teaser and then they do a, a second trailer that's more plot. And then the third trailer is like straight up, like we're giving you the whole plot now. Right, almost you know? the whole movie. Right. Have I you mean, noticed that with the, the Star Wars trailers? that they? Yeah, I was, really- was going to bring that up actually. Yeah. That I think the Star Wars trailers have done a really good job of 
like not giving enough away, yeah. but still making you want to see the movie. Right. Yeah. Like I think you could literally have had just that shot of the Millennium Falcon and the scene of Han and Chewie going, "We're home." Yeah. That could have been the trailer, yeah. and you still would have sold that every theater. All like you know, we're filming this a month before. Yeah. It comes out it's still um, you know already sold out everywhere not yeah. to completely sidetrack to this too but i've read online that the reason why plots get revealed is there's been a lot of marketing studies that casual fans want to see a movie that they know what's going to happen in almost they want to get the plot before they walk people into the don't want to discover shit anymore because no. they're yeah, it's they like want to know what they're getting Terminator Genesis right basically. they literally want to know what they're getting when they walk into the movie well theater. and then but, we, yeah go ahead go ahead I mean, another reason they do it is because there's always so much buzz on the on the internet now. You know, between pod, like podcasts like yours, sites like mine, we're always trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And there's so much dissection of the trailers that eventually you reach a point where either someone's already said it, and you just eventually you need to just confirm it, like any theory, mm-hmm. or you reach a point where like it's just become completely saturated, and you feel like you've already seen the movie already, so that by the time you get to the theater, nothing's new. Right. So with Star Wars, I feel like it's that point where there's so many theories about it that yeah. someone's probably thrown enough at the wall that something sticks. Yeah. I feel like marketers sometimes want to they, – they see these theories on what the movie's going to be about and they're like – they release these trailers based on the fact that they want to take control back of the message. Like, yeah, exactly. It's kind of gone sideways on all these theories. Let's take control and reveal a little bit of this plot so people know that it's not this. It's this. That's going to happen. It used to be, though, that all that speculation was fun for the right. average person. That's and what's made Star Wars awesome. Yes. Yeah. Let us – like why even acknowledge that? The whole point is give them enough so that they dissect it and they're, and they're talking about your movie. That's right. all you need. You don't need to respond to this now with more story. You've right. got them talking about it. I love that second – I think the, the, the second teaser for Star Wars with the hand and Chewie reveal at the end – like, if that was the only trailer, it's so perfect. It's so perfect Star Wars. Like, just like you said, David, they didn't need anything else. The longer one's nice, but I still, I watched that second one again, and I was like, wow, that's beautiful. Like, that's all you need. I don't want to see anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the trailers that came out this year that I thought did a really good job of getting you psyched for the movie but didn't give away the plot was actually Spectre, and I didn't put it up oh, on here. But I thought that, that was actually really good because when I walked into Spectre, I knew it was a James Bond movie, and I knew like at some point he was going to go rogue and do some shit, and like we all knew that you know Ernst whatever was uh, you know not Blofeld was Blofeld and was the villain. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's all right. I gotcha. But um, it's also like when you watch the trailer, nothing of the actual, like what's going on in the movie or the plot of it comes out. Wow. And you kind of go in and you don't know, like with the Avengers trailers, there were people going in and they could edit the trailers and all the footage that had been released in the right order. And get and they the movie. knew exactly, like you could watch about 15 minutes of the movie in right. order. Yeah. Wow. Spectre, no matter how much footage they had released, you couldn't do that. It was really hard to say like what was coming first and second. Like what order things were happening in. See, all that means is there's creative ways to make these trailers still engaging and right. not spoil things. And sometimes people are lazy and or they're just too – they want to spoon feed everyone. Right. Well, it's just based on a lot of studies on by marketers. Fuck your studies. How about you watch the movie and represent what it is? It's, like I, this, is the, this is the issue between the two sides. That's what they think people want. It's what the studies have shown what people want. People but then it just makes fed. it makes me feel like they don't trust their product. And why, you know, it doesn't matter what the movie is. Here's what I'm going to tell you what the movie is. 
I mean, whatever. It doesn't make any sense. Well, a lot of that's also based on when you don't have a franchise film, you need to be able to entice people to come to the to the movies. Yeah. So, for instance, if you look at like um, you know Spider Man Three, yeah, you know they don't have to give away much of the plot because they know that anyone who's a Spider Man fan. Well, and then Star Wars is exactly that. Star Wars is exactly that. They don't have to tell you shit, and everyone's going to come see the movie. They don't got to show you anything. Bringing this back to what David, how this got, how this kind of got sidetracked is, I love that you picked a ton of teasers because teasers, I love the teasers. teasers are the best, in my opinion, they're the best. The you first, got one, you got one punch. You it's got, always the first thing. It's you your see. first strike, yeah. and it's got to be memorable. Let's move on. Uh, we got a uh, number, really four, number fourteen. On Rating your, number fourteen on the FYF trailer. Remember, scale. it's eleven to twenty listeners. So All right, this is like a, a decent. Would you say pretty yeah, good? This, is a, I, this one. I was. I'll just preface this by saying I was completely blown away by the fact that I was saying "fuck yeah" at the end of this trailer. So there's okay. two of them. Which one do you want? We watch both. So of them? watch the first one first, and then they, they do something very similar. And so let's watch the first one, talk about it a little bit, and then we'll get into the second one, oh, and then I'll explain why I wanted to juxtapose them. Okie dokie. Talking nerd. So for the listeners, charming. What, what was, was that, that trailer, <laughs> Anthony? Tell them. At the SpongeBob SquarePants movie this from 2004. This, yes, and it's uh, <laughs> very interesting. It starts all live action with like philosophical questions, yeah. and you don't know what you're doing, and then it plunges into the bottom. And then, like, I was smiling the whole second half of the trailer because SpongeBob is like he's giving the fuck yeah in the trailer. He's like yeah. Yeah. Like he's giving his own fuck yeah factor. What? 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 Why? Why yeah, that one? Why David? that one, David? Um, so for starters, so that trailer, and I think you guys kind of hit on it, um, does what's called a rug pull, yeah. which I mentioned. Rug, in my rug boy? No. Wowie zowie. Oh, that's different. Sorry, <laughs> different guy. No, something completely different. So that's some asshole. That's not. Here. Um, <laughs> it's basically where you start the trailer one way, and then you do the rug, pull, like pull the rug out from under you, and it just goes completely different. Yeah. And. The, the reason why that's so effective is that from a marketing standpoint, you want to make sure that it has that impact. And when you get that laugh and it's like you can like you can't watch that trailer and not laugh, no, and not right. have like, a, oh, you you bastard, you got me yeah. kind of re- reaction to that. But it makes it memorable and it makes it stick in your head. And again, it's that, you know, whole thing of two hours later after you've watched another movie, which trailer are you going to remember? Yeah. That is definitely one. That's of true. You know, it makes it brings up a. Uh... A movie that I've seen, uh, Ted. Have you yeah. seen Ted? Oh, yeah. So I haven't seen two, though. No, not two. But Ted, the first one, starts yeah. out with Sir Patrick Stewart narrating oh, in it a does? very ser- serious voice. And then he starts talking about shit that's, like, weird. And it's like... I forgot about he's, that. He's, like, in this very distinguished voice. And yeah. he's talking about, like, weird shit. And it's, that's, like, it's a rug pull, just like that. And it made that scene memorable. It reminded great. me of that. That was the opening? Yeah. Yeah, Are you sure opening. that wasn't Seth MacFarlane doing Patrick? No, it was uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Oh, he, he got Patrick Stewart yeah. to do it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's a great movie. Yeah. All right. No, I was... Uh, dude, I was legitimately laughing and chuckling. Like, it was just... it was. Uh, you would walk great. out of a theater, like David said. You would walk out of a theater mem- remembering that trip. Even if, like, SpongeBob's not my thing at all. Right. But I would walk out being like, that was kind of funny. That was pretty funny. All right, it, listener. It's he, also another teaser where you don't really see anything from the film itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue. It's, it's true. Yeah. Dialogue. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't even really give you, like, it doesn't give you any of what Chris was talking about um, with character, story. Right. Or it's even a, really the tone beyond it's a kid's cartoon. It's a rug pull in terms of tone and visually. You go from straight, right. uh, like, live action, live to, action cartoon. to cartoon. And yeah. just laughing. Yeah. But it doesn't need to. It's SpongeBob. Yeah, like, exactly. they just know everyone knows SpongeBob. So, uh, listener for 14, we have two uh, trailers. We're going to compare that one to the next one that'll be, that'll say this one from 2015. So, pause the podcast, click the link. 
We're going to watch this trailer. Jockey nerd. Oh, nice one. That was one for a for movie the, that's not out yet. For the listener, that's Zoolander. I mean, Zoolander. That was Zoolander <laughs> too. Great. Uh, again. Uh, that one had me laughing. Classic. Sure. Yeah. Another great rug pull. Yeah. You had Stephen Hawking's <laughs> robot voice explaining the birth of creation and the human brain. And stupid Derek Toolander doesn't know how, how, what the title of his own goddamn movie is. <laughs> Uh, that was great. That was good, David. Yeah. I like that I one. I loved that one. So I've, I've always been a big Zoolander fan. So when I saw that in cinema, I was like, I saw the, because there's like a no left turn sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets, there's a, yeah. There's a few hints in that. I was like, by the time I saw that, I was like, wait, no. Yeah. They're not, like, are, I didn't even remember that the movie had been greenlit or anything. Right. So by the time he came on the screen, I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were getting, you were getting hints too. Like, like you said, the left turn sign. There was the monkey, like with the symbols just well, clapping. Yeah, if you notice yeah, that part yeah. where it zooms into the brain uh, and it zooms out, you start to see like a hair weird dryer. things. But then the brain's really tiny and the brain gets severed at one point. Yeah. Like the, 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 all the cords are severing and it comes out. And it's stupid Zoolander. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I can't wait for that movie. That's uh, that's yeah, great. Super excited. So um, for that one, I saw it um, when I was at the cinema with my wife, and she's not. She doesn't really like those kind of comedies. Like she's not into the like, those silly kind of things. But you know, I, I always use her as my gauge for like the general movie going audience. Yeah. And I, when it was in the first half of the um, trailer, she kept going to me, David. What is this? Like, do you know what this is? Like. And she was like, the whole point being that she was really curious, if yeah. nothing else. So by the time you get to the end and you get that answer, it's going to keep that feeling of being curious about the film, as well as the fact that you're like happy and you have yeah. that joke. So getting that feeling, mixing together with the trailers is a really great way to market it, because that's exactly how you want people to think about the film. It gets you invested. And, uh, and then a great punchline, and then a bunch more punchlines uh, <laughs> to keep it memorable. I mean, I haven't seen. I actually haven't even seen Zoolander the oh, full the movie. Oh, the first one's great. But, oh my god! But uh, I mean, just watching, and I have really no interest in seeing it. But just watching that trailer, I was like, I was laughing, and I was like, that's a very good trailer that would make me consider watching this movie. Like it worked on me. They've come out with the now the full trailer since that oh, yeah. um, came out, and it's actually it's a decent trailer as well. It's nothing spectacular, but it's very funny. Oh, I'm, gonna check check <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. All right, so do you, so you want to go to 15? Yeah, there's uh, okay. you want, we're going to 15, right? The yep, all right, we're gonna go to FYF 15 rating. Here we go, listener. Talking nerd, god damn, I remember that trailer, oh, and yeah. that was all all day long. What trailer was that, Imran? That was the, the full trailer for Captain America the Winter Soldier, and I remember watching this over and over and over again. That's a fucking awesome trailer. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is a 15 on the fuck yeah factor, but man, this, this How, trailer... That's a 15, I can't wait Holy shit, I can't season. wait till we get to the good ones, because look, think it, I was trying to watch it as if I, I was trying to forget the movie, and mm. it shows so much cool shit, and it doesn't let you on to what the movie's really about. Yeah, it doesn't. It's that's really well done. I forgot about that. I remember dissecting like the Winter Soldier part, and you couldn't figure out what was going on. So I think I don't think that gives away anything about the Hydra. Nope, no, nope. not at all. It definitely does not give away the big turn. But it shows you like awesome really scenes. It, it also there are two things that I noticed. I mean, obviously, I've seen the movie. Yeah. That movie's awesome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're right that the turn it never reveals the turn, and that hit so hard during the movie when we and Imran actually saw it together. Um, but there was two things I noticed that I really liked about this trailer. You don't get a like a full on shot of uh, Bucky as Winter Soldier till like the very end or like towards yeah. the third half of the trailer. The third, third, the third, third act of There's the trailer. X There's X, right? Yeah. We learned that from Chris. Yeah. Um, also, that 
trailer shows the power of like really good epic music because the music in that trailer is is so good and is so appropriate for that the theme of that movie and what they were going the for. The voiceover clips are great. We're too. using Robert Redford as the voiceover yeah, and Samuel oh, Jackson. Yeah. Like those are two very powerful voices that are very distinguished and very awesome actors. Because I remember watching that, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, Robert Redford is in a fucking Captain America movie!" Right. And uh, it, it just like the 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 way he talks about uh, Steve's character and Captain America a, standing. A lot of times too, you'll notice that they cut up the voiceovers from like different parts of the movie, and yeah. it doesn't really make any sense no. in the trailer. But this one. They did a pretty good job of like weaving a storyline with these random voiceovers from that are scenes in the movie and making it still kind of coherent and not like okay why David this that? one for me was I was saying fuck yeah from the beginning like the opening <laughs> shot when I saw it like I it, it wasn't at the end yeah see I really like that opening too because it's just like them chatting it's yes. just a character and, moment yeah, yeah it's, it's it's exactly it's that character moment and it really is like showing the evolution of the um, Captain America character from when we last saw him. Because when we last saw him, it was basically he had just found out that the love of his life was 50 years in the past or whatever. Right. You know, and now it's sort of catching up with him again. And you're at that moment of he's got to move on. Plus, it's cut like a movie. There's an intro. There's three acts, and there's a little button epilogue to like. uh, And you and you you there. This is you know they had trained us to this point almost that they're gonna drop a little bit right at the end, and you know to wait for that. That's kind of Marvel's thing with their teasers and their trailers. Mm -hmm. Is now they've taken the button scene and added it to their teaser and trailer. It's brilliant. It's a very comic book. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better Marvel trailers. Yeah, I mean. For sure, when that when he catches the shield, I was like, "Oh shit!" Exactly, right. that is. Oh shit! Yeah. That's the perfect, uh, and that's the perfect way to end that because you're like, "What? Who is that? What is that? What? How is this possible?" Well, it's great. It's great for like the casual fans, like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah. Yes. And then for the comic book fan, it's like, like, "Fucking oh, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, awesome. with the metal arm catching a, a shield." That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. It, it appeals to both. Yeah. Well, and like yeah. that was great to watch that back because man, they didn't give away any of the movie. No. Why? Wow, that's perfect. Now, what a great example. Man, that's 15. Let's get on to the next one. <laughs> These are getting better. I'm getting fucking geeked. 16. We're moving on to 16. Listener, pause it. Click that link for FYF 16 because that's what we're going to do right now. Talking nerd. All right. I don't know. That was a 16, David. What's going on here? That was uh, It was a rug pull trailer for... Rush Hour 3. Which I never saw. I didn't you even know there was Rush a 3. 3. I didn't really? know they went to France. What? But it was... Uh, they started you don't out, like the Rush Hour movies? I liked the first one, and I liked the second one. I don't know. Did it get old by the third one? I didn't watch it. I, okay. I I've always loved it. I've, I've loved Rush Hour 1. Rush Hour 2 is fun. I, I mean, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker have great chemistry. Yeah. Here's the thing about this trailer that I really liked is it's obviously a, it's a rug pull trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're building off the fact that – now put yourself in this time. Okay, yeah. Rush Hour 3 comes out – Rush Hour 1 comes out like 99. Rush Hour 2 is 2001. Rush Hour 3 doesn't come out for like three or four years. So there's uh, a ton of anticipation Okay, okay. And then when you're seeing this in the theater – you're like, this is a very serious movie. Right. You think then you a- get the rug pull and then you get them singing, which is a, a thing they've been building every on movie. The, the other two movies. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good teaser for a comedy. I don't know if I'd have it this high, David. <laughs> I, don't, I, I would disagree but, with you. What do you like about it, David? Yeah. I just think it's, it's really that it's just such a big laugh at the end there. And it's just, you know, that's the kind of, I feel like that's the kind of trailer where I would be laughing so hard the first time I saw it. I wouldn't, I would miss the, the next, the first few seconds of the next trailer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like it's that. And when it's when it's when it is like that, it gets so that's just so effective for me. And all it and is, I'm just is laughing just, so. Well, if I'm rolling in the aisles during the teaser, like you know, that's going to be a good. And movie. all it shows you is uh, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, in France. 
in a car yeah, that's, singing. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. And what's good about that teaser is a lot of comedies make the mistake of giving away too much of their comedy in their trailer. Yeah. And that all one's just jokes that's sometimes. just one scene of them singing. Yeah. And it's making yeah. you laugh. And they're not giving away any of the other punchlines or anything like that. So I'll yeah, that was a good teaser. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm Thinking you know now it. we now we think about break it. Break it down. I love break this. it down. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is a lot of fun, man. This is a great <laughs> listener. I hope you're playing you along. You need to play along. Because it, this is really fun. And they're just getting better. We got a couple more. We're moving on to 18. That's high good. up there. Remember, it's from 11 to 20, right? This is a higher one. This is one of the higher ones. Listener, click that link, FYF 18. Talking nerd. Wow, that you're taking us back with these. This is really interesting to watch yeah. this again with fresh eyes. That was the trailer for the Iron Man, the first Iron Man, the start of the MCU. Now this is there's a lot of connections here, and, and uh, I think of Fetty Ponce when I see that last uh, sure. title. Fetty fucking worked on those titles crazy. through yeah. different iterations, and we saw the different versions and how he got to that. That's really cool. But now think of the timing of this. Right. Think of Rob. Robert Downey Jr.'s career at the time. Think of their Marvel Studios as just formed, and you really don't. And think of that nobody fucking gives a fuck who Iron Man is at this point. Right. What is leading it, this trailer? It was also at a time when superhero movies were starting to sag. Because yeah. this is when the last few movies were like X Men The Last Stand, Spider Man 3. Yeah, that was a huge summer yeah, for superhero you know, movies. 2008? 2008, yeah. yeah because, but 2007 yeah. was no, a yeah, nice you're right. lagging one. No, I'm saying like 2008, that was a huge summer, like building up to that. That was the year where Iron Man obviously came out. Context is everything, first off. You see this trailer yeah. and you're like, the f- Iron Man? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. But that summer also was Incredible Hulk and Dark Knight. Oh, crap. Yeah. That was a huge summer. Well, and I think like what you said, I think Marvel was smart enough to know that people are going to be like, what the hell is an Iron Man? And this is why this is a character, study, a character study driven yeah. by Robert Downey Jr., uh, it's giving away story, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's giving you enough to get you to care. If you think about it, it's only a little bit of that first act of the movie. Yes, and they don't. You yeah. don't. Yeah, you don't see him in the suit until the very end, only for a little bit. They spend a lot of time with the first suit and his whole the first act of the movie. Yeah. So the, one of the things I like about this, especially in hindsight, is that the climax of the trailer is the moment when he comes out in the suit for the first time. That's still in the first. Really, in the first act. Yeah, so they're not giving away the movie, so, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so your climax is still a first act moment, which means that there's so much left of the movie to, to really have. But for me, it, I mean, again, that moment and the, the music in there. Yeah, and, I, and I love the, the Hey Man, the Nice Shot he, and the Iron Man, the uh, mix of those. What song great. is that? Hey Man, Nice Shot by uh, Filter. Yeah. That, the power of that song, especially mm. when they cue it, it, when they cue it with the, him making the suit and the yeah. metal banging to like separate acts in the trailer is really really well and you got to use the iron man song uh, of course and then at the end the cutting to the beat is also really effective with that like heart pumping like thing so by the time you see him with those fighter jets it's like fuck yes and even that scene like they're not they're just showing him flying with jets like he's not doing anything and you're like oh boy there's iron man you never see him fire the repulsors the whole time you never see like you barely even see the golden red suit you only really see most of it's the the first version of the suit and there's uh, only a few moments when you even see him fly right I mean, you, and you could have easily done – this is the power of the music too. You could have easily done a very epic score with this. But mm. Iron Man's character is a rock star. Yeah. So you're doing this – It's you know, heavy metal. Heavy metal. It's always yeah, heavy yeah, metal. Yeah. And Tony Stark is a Tony rock Stark star. Tony Stark is heavy metal. Yeah. 
I mean, music is very important in the trailers as well. There's actually, I'm going to show you the Ant-Man trailer later yeah, with the yeah. remix. And it's, if you watch both versions, just like the power of having the music just to set the tone and exactly what you're saying, like it really just sets them up as like the rock star of superheroes. Mm. Plus like, really think about the restraint on Marvel's part. Like they could easily been like, we got to show Iron Man, show him, show him more, show him doing stuff. And yet they held back. They're smart and they know what they're doing. David, why can't Marvel? Marvel's proven that they can do good trailers. Why do they Sometimes consistently they shit out ones. Shitty, shitty ones? The, out? So are these trailers handled <laughs> so, by different houses? Then? Yeah, handle, trailers are handled by different houses. So I think that whoever handles the Avengers specifically mm-hmm. is different from whoever handles like Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man and stuff. Um, huh. I think because yeah, the I, Avengers ones aren't very Avengers good. Avengers trailers no. yeah. have such a different feel to yeah. them, yeah. and they're really not as good. No, nope. if you right. even think back to the first Avengers movie, great, great, great movie. Do you remember mm. in one of the trailers they do they show the circle 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 yeah. shot yeah. of the Avengers? Yeah. They give that away in a trailer, and that was such that, a huge moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that like was their button on the trailer, right? In, yeah. the, like the second or third trailer. That, right. But that got me, made me go fuck yeah when I saw. Yeah, that it made you go fuck yeah, but it's also like, yeah. Can you can show restraint and do something else? Just like that, but, yeah. You know, in this in the same vein, in one of the um, Age of Ultron trailers, they do that shot from the opening where they're all fighting together and they all do that jump. Yeah, and that was like such a nice moment in that one, even though it's early on. Right, but still, you're right. Man, yeah, the man, the Avengers trailers. I could almost, I couldn't watch. I was like, this is they're giving away more than I want to see. It's weird because I, I, it's a, like a love hate because you're like you're you're so anticipating these trailers yeah. and what am I going to see? They did. Can hide, I see Vision? Can at I least see this? they hid the Vision. Well. Right. At least they hid Vision. That but then, I, but then I, you're I always, pissed that you see this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I always feel like I reach a point where I just have to stop. Mm-hmm. I just I can't I can't watch any of the trailers. Yeah. I mean, I've reached yeah. it now with with Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, we're recording this a, a lot. A lot longer than before. Star Wars, will, Star Wars will be out this when this week. show posts. This yeah. the, the Star Wars will be coming out, and nobody's going to get to see it who doesn't have already tickets already. <laughs> so, so let me put it in, in context. And it's you know I've declared my media black uh, blackout about six weeks before this um, movie premieres, and I know because it's going to be so easy to be spoiled. You got to stop a couple just, weeks out. You got to stop yeah. watching and reading things. It's hard though when you watch like live TV. Yeah. It just comes on. Trailers, yeah. That's, that's why straight. you got to just DVR the shit out of everything and fast forward. The All right, listener. You guys, <laughs> I hope you're having fun with this game. We have reached a perfect 20. Oh, shit. So before yeah. we start this one, okay. I just want to say, if for any of the other ones, you saw which one it was before you watched the trailer. For this one, please make sure you don't because it is such a good one. Right, it's going to be so and, hard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it is just... So good once you get there. So let me put it again in a little more context because it is important for the to appreciate the trailer itself. This came out in um, 2006, I think. Okay, it's okay. the same summer as um, a lot of other big blockbuster films, and so a lot of the trailers were really trying to just stand out that summer. Okay. And I think this one does a great job of that. All right. right. Listener, listener, let us know what you think of these trailers. Send an email. Show it, Jock and Nerd. I'm going to try to click this without looking at the screen. It's going to be very tricky. Anthony, I'll tell you. Hold on. Okay, if I hold my hand here. Anthony, okay, I'm going to tell you when to look. I'm not looking. Oh, where's the cursor? Jock and Nerd! Oh, okay. Alright. I remember when this movie was, was coming out. What movie is it, Imran? This was an awesome trailer for Snakes on a Plane or Motherfucking Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane. But I remember when this trailer came out, everyone was Everyone's like, laughing. what the shit was that? Everyone, just, thought, everyone was talking about it. Because it was almost like a joke. 
You're like, is this a real movie? Uh, Sam Jackson and snakes on a plane? And it starts out with just type, uh, just reading. Reading. It's reading. Copy. Top, copy. Yeah, copy of what the movies were that were coming out that summer. Oh, that's what Super that was. Animated, superheroes, yeah. animated yeah. series. So but it was the summer where um, like Pirates of the Caribbean, I think um, – I believe Matrix uh, was out, Matrix Reloaded, right? Or something. Yeah, like one of the Matrix Because it was a code. Oh, yeah. Oh, right no, no, no. That was um, the Da Vinci Code. Oh, oh got it. Okay, oh, okay. All those lines were, uh, yeah, other movies. Swashbuckle Pirates, Superheroes. And animated. Yeah. How do you stand out in a, in a sea of those movies? This is how you do it, <laughs> you, my friend. Well, you acknowledge it and then you do something. You, do you a acknowledge rug it and then you just yeah. do a complete ridiculous, yeah, man, the movie is Snakes on a Plane. What more do you need? Sam Jackson's in it. I come mean, come see it. <laughs> I mean, when you have a movie where the title is really all you need to market it. <laughs> it's the most that, literal. That exactly the kind of trailer that you need to do. Yeah. The most literal title any movie Did you guys had. ever end up seeing that movie? I never did. I no, think I, I saw I heard it. it was bad. It wasn't memorable. I'll tell you. I'm much. pretty sure I went on opening day with a toy snake around my neck. Like, I was <laughs> pumped for that. And then it wasn't good? Oh, it was awful. It was, it was <laughs> but awful. Did, but did you really think it was going to be a good movie? Like, it looks like – the movie looks like what it what it's going to be. I thought – I mean, I – I don't. I never saw it, so I can't like comment. On it. But I, I heard it would. I thought it would from the trailers that I saw. I remember putting myself at that time, and I was like, "This movie could be pretty funny, or like it could be like a surprise action movie." Yeah, like, yeah, kind of ridiculous. But from what I've read, it's the awful. buzz was huge, though. I yeah, remember the buzz everybody was, really was talking about it, and because he had that great line, yeah. and uh, it's just like a high budget, like sci fi monster movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you would call that. It's like its own genre. <laughs> How did they even explain the snakes on the plane? Do you remember? Yeah, so it was the the plot of the film was this guy had was like in witness protection, and like the mob, he'd like seen some mob murder or whatever, and somebody wanted to kill him, and they were trying to assassinate him, and he had a really big bounty on his head. Uh, Sam Jackson is the um, the marshal who's like escorting him, and the way that they decide to try to kill him is put a whole bunch of deadly snakes on a plane and just hope that something happens. Lame. Uh, that is the oh worst God. mob uh, hit idea I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but that's the only way you're going to get Sam Jackson that, on a this plane. This is the first time I've ever heard snakes. the synopsis of that Right? Movie. Now, when you actually talk about what the movie is, it's pretty that's, ridiculous. What surprise, the there's a plot. I, I'm surprised that didn't end up on like plot. sci-fi with like Sharknado and Crocodile versus it's, Alligator. I mean, it's a like step that. above that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there were a few spit, a few uh, you know mockbusters of that one. If it doesn't have Sam Jackson, that it's where it ends up, right? There now. was a, what would be a spinoff? There'd be like uh, lizards on a train. Uh, next on Sci-Fi, <laughs> hamsters in a in a in a tricycle. hamster on a tricycle. Hamsters on the trolley. Get these motherfucking hamsters off this motherfucking trolley. Ferrets in a bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could do that for days. Uh, all right, so there's the official FYF list David has sent us. That's awesome. That was awesome. Uh, that was actually a really cool experience. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to play that. Like, I'm glad live. it's not like. So with the Satello, we obviously did a lot of uh, not non-blockbuster films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that this one is a little different in that these were all kind of came out in a summer blockbuster kind of feel. Even Snakes on a Plane is a was a you know trying to compete with blockbuster. Yeah, it was films. meant to be a blockbuster. Yeah. I mean, each of these, I think, were with the exception of Snakes on a Plane. Although maybe it would have been if it had done better, but almost all of them were franchise. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I could so, say Snakes on a Plane probably would have been franchise too if it did yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, you could have made a ton of those movies. Well, we were just we just named four. Yeah. <laughs> In a world where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news. 
along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video sir clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We are your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news, reviews and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flicks podcast, where the Chris vs. Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Alright, so then you also, let's just talk about uh, some of the other stuff you said. Yeah, so what else did you notice at the trailer house, too? That uh, I'm curious about that. Like, who, 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 why why are some of these decisions made? Why did they show fucking John Connor as the Terminator? Why would somebody make that decision? Are they that desperate to sell this movie? I mean, I think that's a very recent turn of events that they're like really spoiling things in trailers like that. But it's definitely because, you know, it's, I think Anthony kind of hit on it that they want people to sort of know what to expect when they get into the theater and it, for the casual viewer to not have to think about these kinds of things. It's ba- really based on studies that people like focus groups that people, uh, I don't know why, but our society We're becoming likes, idiots. That's why likes to be spoon fed. Yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. just discover things. Out. Well, I don't understand why you we're, can't. We're almost afraid of discovering. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we, we're losing critical thinking and we're not teaching critical thinking and this is being reflected. Like, idiocracy is coming true. It's just, <laughs> everything is just what it is. Like, what happened to the days where you tease some of this stuff? And some of the trailers you sent us uh, after to watch, they they kind of do that yeah. still. Like, the good ones. Good ones, yes. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I like to, I would like to go to. I really enjoyed the Alien trailer versus Prometheus trailer. Yeah, I, I want Anthony really to watch movie. both of these. This was great because now we're watching a trailer from 1979. I remember when I was three, my parents would show this to me over and over again. <laughs> it explains a lot. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let me let that. All right, David, we'll watch that. Those both, and then we can analyze them. Yeah, this is great. This is yeah. a great pairing. I okay? think it's a good pairing. Uh, listener, the links. Uh, click the link Alien, and then click the link Prometheus. And uh, we'll reconvene after this. Talking nerd! Well, you want to talk about this before we watch the next one? You, well, David, what's your call? Do you think we should talk about Alien first and then? Yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. And then okay. We'll talk about All right. Uh, listen, this is exactly, this is so interesting. 1979, look at how different alien. trailers were. It was the Alien, and it's exactly the opposite of what you were just saying, how we want trailers. There's no spoon feeding. The first half of this trailer is just a cracked surface in an egg. Yeah. Shots not even from Very the movie. Tonal. Very tonal, and you see the words form alien slowly. You don't know what it is, and it's in type that's a little alien. It, it <laughs> looks like an alien language. The way it slowly reveals yeah. itself, and then you see a lot of shots in the movie. No dialogue. You don't really know what's going on. They're like disturbing shots from the, the movie. Eerie soundtrack is so good because it's just making you unnerved and puts you on edge. Mm-hmm. And what don't you see? If that trailer would have been made today, you would have seen the alien. You would have seen the fucking alien <laughs> right away. Right. You never see. All you see is a little flappy tongue thing. You don't see any of the alien, and it looks like a horror movie. 
the thing that I really like about that trailer is it's a scary trailer. Mm. Yes. And it really gets it gets the point home that like, yeah, it's sci-fi, because you definitely see enough from like the ship and everything to know that it's it's sci-fi, but it is it's not, you know, your your mother's sci-fi. This is, you know, this is gonna actually scare you. And that's, that's exactly that's a good point because that's what the movie was. In reading and reading and just if you look at dates Mm-hmm. This was the time when, like, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars Star was a thing Trek for like two years. And this was all big. So at the time, space was fun. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this was like space is not fun. I mean, it's space a horror space movie. <laughs> I mean, look at that tagline: "In space, no one can hear you." Unbelievable! That is great tagline. It's the best tagline Perfect. in movie history, man. Oh yeah. But uh, I yeah, I just love that that music. That like the music spiky, is the ticking, and the eerie, high pitched. And you're like, what the fuck? Imagine sitting and watching that and not know. Like we're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. That's great. Now, let's compare that to Prometheus. Same director, Ridley Scott. Exact same director. this is the same cinematic universe. 30 plus years later. Same cinematic universe. A prequel to Alien. All right? Listener, let's check it out. Talking nerd! Prometheus 2012. Uh, I love how they kind of paid homage to that original trailer in their own way. With the type, the shots. The the title reveals itself. There's no dialogue. There's a shot of her running. Running, shots of the the movie. And then they add a little bit extra. But then both trailers really don't tell you what the movie's about at all. Yeah. But they get you hooked. Uh, I I think the whole of uh, Prometheus's uh, marketing campaign was actually really solid. Yes. that movie had great buzz too. Film. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I was just going to say it's too bad that film was too smart for its own that, good. That was not the movie that we saw in the trailer. <laughs> right. What? Well, I mean, we're obviously talking about trailers, but just real quick, David, what what do you think went wrong with Prometheus? And you obviously, and you've heard that they're doing a sequel. Well, he's coming back to yeah. Alien. Right? Yeah, it's it's going to be closer to Alien. This one was a little too far off from being Alien. I think it's Ridley Scott going. I want to fucking make this movie. I don't care. I'll do another big movie for you. Let me make Prometheus. Yeah, what was, uh, what was the problem like with Prometheus? For that one, it was kind of adding a mythology to something that didn't really need it mm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was also just like, I don't know, I, I just remember watching it being like, do they even know what's going on? <laughs> and like, right. half the decisions that the characters make, I mean, even when she's running in the end, she should be running diagonally, not in a straight line. <laughs> like, it's things like, like that's the that's a, like my metaphor for the entire movie. Yeah. It's like, no, you shouldn't go in the super scary place when you don't know what's there. Or like the guy had like the mapping little like fuzzy mm-hmm. droids and it's like I couldn't follow a lot of this movie. Couldn't actually follow the map that right. he was making with like I don't I, I thought the movie was almost it was half baked. Like they, they were really smart. They wanted to be this really smart film with this insane mythology behind Alien, but then they hadn't fully thought it out. Yeah. So they were going into this film almost like they were making a film, but they didn't really figure – like they were only trying to tell a story of something that even they didn't even complete. Yeah. <laughs> like they hadn't fully yeah, thought exactly. out. It was a lost – it was kind of a lost – And it was, curse, it was like almost lost. too far from Alien. Well, the second half will come in the new movie now. That will just work, <laughs> work out great. They can explain what that other movie was about. <laughs> what is the next one? They're actually what are they doing now? They, well, it, the first they one ended. Changing the title. Yeah, they keep changing it. But alien the first one res- ended with uh, yeah, it's supposed to have alien in the title, right. but the first one ended with the girl in uh, Michael Fassbender's character going to the uh, builder homeworld or the engineer homeworld. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. Is it going like to pick up alien from there? Paradise Lost or something? Yeah, yeah. And you're going to learn more about the alien and the origin of him being oh that being a weapon and all that. 
Does anybody? I just. Why can't we just go back that's, to where the alien is now and what he's doing? That's the problem with prequels. Is you, you don't I, want I don't you're demythologizing. Yeah. Demythologizing. How is that even the word? Demythologizing. Yeah. Wow, I actually said a word yeah. properly for once. Instead of it up. How about that? A character that doesn't that has. It's scarier that when you don't know what this exactly is. like. Yeah. I felt the same way when we read that Thanos prequel, yeah. where it was like him growing up, and it showed you what. Oh, and I'm terrible. like, wow, this kind of like blows. Like Thanos was creepier, but now I feel bad for him. Like I kind of wish I didn't read that to just think that for no reason these monsters just want to kill everyone. Yeah, sorry to take yeah. it off topic, but I didn't <laughs> no, want I mean, to bash for me. I love those two together, though. Yeah. Those I, two I, together is great. Yeah. I almost would have preferred an Alien remake. Yes. to Prometheus. Yes, yeah, so although right yeah. I also think that Alien is good as it is, and yeah. I'm glad that they haven't screwed it up like that yet. It'll happen. They're running out of ideas. They'll remake everything. Yeah, they're remaking eventually. Memento. Yeah, that doesn't. They... That, that makes no sense yeah, at all. That's mind blowing to me that Listen, they're remaking Memento. The, the best thing that I've heard, and this was a suggestion from one of my friends, who's actually the same guy who co-created the FYF with me. His reaction was, "Don't do a remake. Do a, a pre-sequel." Where it's set before and after the original movie, but not during. I was uh, like, yeah. that could work. Don't do anything else. Right. Don't remake the fucking you, movie. You follow what he's saying. Wait, say that again. So it's a prequel. So you make a, a movie that, that's set both before and after. Oh, the oh, that's fucking movie. great. <laughs> yeah, because you want to know what happened before, and you really want to know like what happens guys going after. afterwards, and, and it, then they meet at that film. Oh, that's fucking brilliant! You could and you yeah. could it, you could run those. You could format it the same way Memento is, where it had a forward storyline and a backward storyline. Now you take the forward storyline leading up to the beginning of that movie, and you add a backward storyline leading up to the end of that movie, and mix. Well, that's a my, my head hurts. How, is that possible? Could that's you even so do that? much better than a remake, though. I mean, I, that would be so, like. Really fucked up, but it would be so much better than a remake. Why would you remake this movie? Like, who? The decision to that is just uh, absurd. Is like, Nolan involved in the remake? I don't know. I think he's. There's rumors that he's working on Akira and some ooh, other stuff. So. Ooh, he should shut that down right away. <laughs> don't fucking touch my movie, damn it! He might be. He, he lost might, the rights. He sold the rights to it. They, oh, they have, oh, I didn't know that. I was gonna say maybe he's like producing. But now that if he sold the rights, wow. That's that happens. Crazy. That happens. Yeah, it was like this film company happened to just pick up the rights to all these different old films and they just they're probably just gonna remake a whole bunch of them. Cool. Damn. Okay, so which one do you should we watch now? Let's go with Ant Man. I think that's a that's Oh, the best you know, one. we've seen both of them already. We, so. Yeah, we okay. just watched both of them. Uh listener, we're we're gonna talk about there's two versions of this Ant Man trailer that really ex- exemplify how music changes the trailer and voiceover to some degree so in the show notes you'll find ant-man one just the vanilla actual trailer and then you'll find a link for ant-man remix which some dude just did right yeah it's just a fan just took the this is when the very first trailer came out so it's the exact same footage that he has yes and the first minute of the trailer is exactly the same and then at the middle where you have that moment where he's like huh it just cuts, and it's a completely different feel to it, even though it's almost the exact same footage. He kind of like layers over it and, and puts some of it in a different order. This, for the most part, it's exactly the same. It's just a change in the music, and it completely changes the tone. Right. Let, uh, okay, so those. you know what? Let's. Uh, I'm gonna let, for the listener. I'm just gonna play that part. I know where it is to where the music kicks in, and uh, well, you, let the listeners watch it. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh. All right. So. We'll assume they've watched it. Watch the trailer. What is that song? So basically, instead of like a score, like your standard, cons- going with that like standard epic symphony score, score symphony, yeah, yeah. yeah, he cuts in this awesome song. What is that song? 
it says it in the comments here, I think. But uh, you know, it's funny about the comments of this. A lot of people were like, "Wow, that is way better than the trailer they did." It's called "Hold Tight" by Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mitch, and Titch. Let me something. get your opinion, David. So I have my analysis, but let me—I want to make a comment and then see what you think. So that first trailer, or that tra- that the original trailer, they were kind of going for the rug pull with the symphony orchestra and like it being epic. But then it's kind of like a silly, like it's Ant Man, and he's like saying, "Can we change the name?" But they stuck with it the whole time. So they were trying to go for that rug pool, but yeah. that's the delicate thing about trying to go for a rug pool is sometimes it doesn't work. And I think in this case, the trailer was it, – it just didn't – it was incongruent. What you were seeing and what, what was being uh, played on the audio wasn't matching at all, and it was almost too much. What, what do you think, David? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that like they were kind of going for a rug pool, and when you watch the, the remix version, it does kind of play like one. Yeah, the rug, the rug um, pool works more in the remix. Yeah, but it's also just like I feel like they just completely missed what the tone was meant to be mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, Ant-Man, like any Marvel movie, should have has that comedy to it. And I feel like they tried to have the comedic moments, but they were falling kind of flat. And because you had so much more drama over it, especially with the stuff about like his daughter and all that kind of angle, it came off a lot more dramatic than yeah. even the film actually was. It came a lot it, heavier then yeah. and well, that, that heaviness was too much. Listen, I'm going to do this real quick. I'm just going to play the punchline sure. into that because okay. that, that's pretty much the crux of this remake. And it goes like this. That so that that drum beat and like it's a and also it was a very indie rock song like it brought like an independent kind of Quentin Tarantino feel to the movie uh, that was way different than that other trailer. Yeah, I completely agree. Right? I, I don't know why they went with a very dramatic trailer for the first Ant Man trailer. Like it still is weird to me that they went with that one. Well, then if you watch the second trailer, which I didn't, I didn't actually find for this, it does go a bit more comedic, right? And they do kind of yeah. play up those moments a bit more. I, wonder, I, remember, I, remember, I remember people saw that trailer, and I remember when, like, there wasn't a ton of buzz around that trailer. No, I, I'm wondering if they weren't sure about the tone themselves because of the Edgar Wright and the new guy, and it was all kind of last minute Right. Maybe they hadn't quite nailed down you know, what they maybe were trying to Maybe there was a breakdown in movie. communication yeah. with them and the people that were cutting the trailer as far yeah. as like, I mean, let's what not is the forget tone of this, movie? this movie was in development for, like, years. Right, and it got, like, switched yeah. at the last minute in yeah. terms of directors and script and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm also betting that they didn't actually have any of the Falcon scene shot for this because there's nothing from that um, part of the movie. Oh, right. yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if you take that out of the film and you assume that that's the version of the film that they got, you might actually have had a more dramatic version of the film. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. You're, that's a good point. David sent us a couple other trailers, you know, Pineapple Express, Guardians. I think we can talk about these both in tandem. So yeah. if the listener yeah, wants yeah. to watch these trailers. There's links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. And then the power of music in these trailers. So listener, please watch. Uh, can you click on Guardians real quick and just so we can get, I remember what song that was in, was on there. I was hooked, uh, hooked out of feeling. There we go. Okay. Remember? No, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> the soundtrack. It was all about hooked out of feeling. But again, so, two trailers that are, are a great example of music usage, David. So we just watched Guardians and Pineapple Express. David, please comment. <laughs> so um, when I was working at the trailer house, um, one of the things I learned is that when you're making using the music in the trailer, you don't know what the soundtrack's going to be necessarily. So uh-huh. the music in the trailer is usually just something that the editors and the 
the trailer house just picks up off the shelf and thinks works tonally for the film. Okay. So it's their so, call at, at the trailer house. Huh, interesting. Yeah, and that's so I remember Pineapple Express being a really famous example of where the song was made really popular by the trailer but never actually appeared in the movie or on the soundtrack. Is that when, uh, uh, so it was Paper Planes. I, yeah. I love that song. She was song. just getting started. Great song. I totally forgot about that song yeah. and how huge it was, but it was because of this trailer. And those two, that song and that trailer became that movie became forever synonymous. Like you thought about the trailer That's true. and then when that song would play, you would think about the movie, but it was never in the movie. No, <laughs> no it wasn't, which is great. Yeah. So do these, but, do the creators of the film, like, do they get a say or do they get to see it afterwards where well, they're, they're making all these decisions? I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, for that film with a song that's like that, where it is actually like, you know, a, like, you know, when I was at the trailer house, a lot of it was just like sort of tonal instrumental stuff. But when it's a name song like that, you do have to get the rights to use in the trailer and stuff. So I'm sure they were involved with it. I mean, it probably was after the point where you could have re-edited the movie to include it. Mm-hmm. But it works so well yeah, for the yeah, trailer. For that it's trailer, just that, yeah. like, um, especially like just the the whole like being gangsters, but not really. Yeah, and, being idiots. But I love uh, what like I can't believe the the trailer blew up the song. I think that that doesn't happen much. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of another example of that. Um, but it works well when you have kind of like an independent group. That's just about to make it big, and then uh, you put the right song in there. Yeah, I wonder why that guy chose that song, or how he even knew of MIA. Like that's just interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's such an interesting song, too. Like swag, swagger like us, and the way you she know what? No, the, what remi- the Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That's what that song reminds me of. Wasn't it on the soundtrack of Slumdog Millionaire? When did that come out? Was that afterwards? Yeah, uh, just came know. out because that was huge in that movie as well. I don't know. So maybe it led to that because I also think of Slumdog Millionaire when I hear M- that MIA. That was so nine. Yeah. I know when you pointed out though that like sometimes the trailer house makes this, you know, chooses a song and it has nothing to do with the director or the movie mm-hmm. or anything. I feel like the Guardians trailer now, James Gunn definitely, I think, had a hand in yes, picking this. But song. also yeah, exactly. a great way to use it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think when he wrote the script, he knew exactly what song it was. Yeah. He started be with the songs. <laughs> yeah. And you um, and once you hear Hooked on a Feeling. You know, it was like a great reprise of seventies seventies uh, rock. But I mean that 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 song is now tied forever to Guardians of the Galaxy and that uh, yeah that soundtrack. What did you think, David, when you first saw that that trailer? The Guardians, one? yeah, Guardians. I just remember having that song stuck in my head for days, and I was <laughs> I think that was like one of the best parts of that trailer because when you have that song stuck in your head for days, and you know what it's from. You're going to be thinking about the trailer for the whole time. You know that was a, a risky move though because I remember remember when I I told you yeah. that this trailer came out, and I asked my casual friends who don't aren't com- comic book nerds or anything. They I go, "What would you think of it?" And they're like, "I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to think of this yeah. movie." It, it, it's you, it was definitely memorable, but it was like one of those where it was like a risk for sure. Like usually you get oh, that yeah. epic, like with, especially with a space opera. So you get that epic tone, epic trailer or something like that, or symphony or something like that. And you, and you got hooked on a feeling, which was like, what the hell? Yeah, that, I mean, I think because it easily could have went like the way of John Carter and been like forgettable. But then when the movie comes out and like the casual viewer embraces this thing and it works, like you see this risk work and you see why the song's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's interesting to note that they actually tied that song in instead of just picking uh, some random stuff. But uh, again, it brings it, 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 it grounds it because this is a space yeah. opera. But now you're listening to the song that like you may have heard as you were a kid or your parents love. And it's also diegetic within the trailer. Like he, he says like, 
what song are you listening to? Oh, that's yeah. my, you yeah. know, that's that scene. That's mm. I also love that it, it it sets up uh Peter Quill and how much that Walkman means to him right away, and you get yeah, a lot exactly. of his character in that trailer. Right, you're literally learning about Peter Peter Quill's character through the song of the trailer. Also, so there's a lot of shots in there that aren't in the movie either, right? Or they're modified, like where he's actually flipping yeah. the camera off, yeah. like it gets blurred, yeah. like yeah. that wasn't in it. And I think a, yeah, well, it had to be censored for yeah. TV, right? right. The, but the lineup yeah. scene. Uh, I Drax, think, Drax is shown in the lineup scene, and he is not. Yeah, in some the of that movie. wasn't in, in there, line. but he it was. Not, he hadn't met the Guardians yeah, at no. that point in the movie. But it was a great way to to uh, yeah. introduce them in the lineup scene with John C. Riley. Yeah. I think it's also interesting if you remember back about a year ago, which is after Guardians had come out and before Ant Man had come out, that Ant Man was being talked about as if it was going to be the next Guardians. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And once that first trailer came out, I was just like, "It's not. It's not even close." Have, it's not. It's not that exciting as right. you know the Guardians trailer. At least it's got like you can kind of like you know nod your head to it and you say like yeah okay. With the Ant Man one, it's like all right, yeah. maybe. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely. I mean, luckily, Ant Man ended up being a pretty good film, pretty yeah. decent film. But yeah. you're right, David. Like especially looking in hindsight, I will always remember the Guardians yeah. trailer. Yeah. The Ant Man, the first Ant Man trailer, even any of the ones that came after, I, if I didn't have to watch them today. I wouldn't have remembered. No, them. they were, you know, <laughs> they were a little muddy. Like they were not sure which way to to, right. to sell this movie. Uh, you know, it's obvious. It's it's obvious too that you just by seeing those trailers, you could see that James Gunn was in full control of Guardians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think he did cut that one? Oh David? yeah, I think he. Well, I think he definitely had an, uh, a hand in it for sure. David, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I think he probably had a much bigger say in it than usual. I mean, when like I said, when I worked at the trailer house, you get some directors who were much more involved in giving a lot more notes mm-hmm. and some who were just sort of like, do your own thing. We trust you. This one, I'm sure James Gunn was sort of watching over their shoulders a lot more. So you notice that James Gunn, just by the trailer alone and then what the end product was, James Gunn had full control. Whereas Ant-Man, you see the trailer and the tone shifts in the different trailers. You notice that there was a lot of issues coming leading up to the making of the film. I mean, Luckily, yeah. it ended up being good, but yeah. there was a lot of the difference stuff, between one man's vision strife. and uh, and it being like twenty people trying right. to figure yeah. out figure finish it out. the movie. I, mean, I also think that the, whoever cut the Ant Man trailers cut the uh, Age of Ultron trailers because they're also very similar. Yeah. And, uh, they're not actually that fun. And no. on, yeah, and on the other hand, you have the Guardians and the Captain America trailers and the Iron Man trailers. The Gar- right, Captain exactly. America trailer was appropriately epic. Yes. Whereas the Guard- the uh, Avengers and the, the first Ant-Man trailer that we saw, it was like dour. Why, was it, <laughs> why, why wouldn't they just use the same fucking trailer house? It probably has to do with like where they shoot it and stuff. Like Some of the, these films shoot in London, some shoot in the States. Maybe uh, they work true. with trailer houses there that's or something true. like that. They could just be like one's busy and can't take the work they use london a lot they use, they've recently uh built like a new studio in atlanta they've been using atlanta a lot oh it's weird to shoot uh, to shoot films to shoot full movies yeah. wow they need uh, uh atlanta needs the money too probably they like you know the, the, the upcoming uh civil war film a lot of the uh the scenes in africa yeah are shot in atlanta oh get out of here yeah and they just built up. I mean, they got. Sets. I think a Walking Dead probably uh, started this trend because they are shooting on location for in the Atlanta. most part in Atlanta. Hmm. I, I think it's. I think it, it probably has to do with cost. That it's just cheaper. Yeah, to it's, shoot the uh, tax breaks that they get. Ah, that's all there it you is. Go. Yeah, that's like, Louisiana is now becoming popular because of it. Louisiana, that's where the um, yeah, the Fantastic Four movie shot in Louisiana because yeah. of all the tax breaks that they would get. So there. Green Lantern was shot in Louisiana. Daily, I think it was yeah. da- Mayor Daly did that here with Chicago, which is why we had a lot of movies shooting here, like Dark Knight. Like he was encouraging mm-hmm. so studios and filmmakers to come here. Are studios breaks. moving away from like L.A., New York? Well, Vancouver is also cheaper. There's Vancouver. A gr- there's a lot of oh, Canada. Vancouver's always 
always had a booming. Yeah, Vancouver's. Scene. I mean, Arrow's in Vancouver. Yeah, Shot yeah, they show a lot of, of stuff. The entirety of, of the CWs in. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's the thing. The city takes care of you. It gives you nice breaks. Of course, you're going to bring. And and I was excited. Like to what I saw, Dark Knight Rises. I'm like, that's fucking Wacker Street. That's Wacker Drive. That's Gotham. That's the way it should be. Well, even Avengers, the the New York scenes. A lot of that shot was shot in Cleveland. Oh, really? Yeah, Cleveland. One of it was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They just repurposed it to make it look like New York City. What up, Cleveland? You enjoying <laughs> that movie money? I'm sure they are. Again, everyone Ohio. needs it. Cool. Uh, now, I, the, before we wrap this up, I got to make mention that you made me watch a goddamn Twilight trailer. And I want <laughs> yes. to know why. I'm going to put – okay, look. Play, I'm going to put – Play, play Anthony, it for me. And then. Yes. I have to torture Anthony with this. Uh, and then you can tell us why the fuck am I watching a Twilight goddamn trailer? Listener, link in the show notes. Torture yourself as well. Twilight's Breaking Dawn Part 2. Thanks, David. Son of a bitch. nerd! Alrighty. Alright, so the is reason it, I... Is it because you're Team Edward or Team Jacob? <laughs> why, why the fuck are we watching this? Hey, we saw, we saw Taylor Lautner from the Sean Christensen written film, Abduction. <laughs> Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Uh, First off, I'm Team Spike. Let's get that straight. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Wait, is it wasn't that's from Buffy? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so the reason I included that trailer is it came out at a time when my wife and I were going to the movies a lot, and we kept seeing it, and it reached a point where we just became really intrigued. And like, I was always of the camp of like, Twilight is the stupidest thing ever. Why would I ever waste my time watching it? But because of that trailer and because we saw it so many times, we ended up actually watching the entire series and then going to see it in the cinema. Oh, shit. It was the most disappointing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Of course. And that was because Twilight was Breaking like, Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, that was okay. the, sec- that was the, the last movie. The third movie, part oh, two of the one. second thing. Got whatever. it, got it. Okay, yeah. go so ahead. So watched all the – we watched like the first three or four movies, whatever it was. And like I kind of like sat through them. I was like you know doing other stuff while we were watching it. But I'm a completist. So if I'm going to see the last film in a series, I'm not going to start with that one. Right. But – I for that trailer, I just thought that like the way they sold it with like super powered vampires and like this whole big fight at the end that's gonna you know is gonna be epic and that it turns out to be the most disappointing thing ever because it doesn't actually it doesn't actually happen. It's all in the one of the characters' heads. What? Oh, oh that's ridiculous. Like, the whole fight is like her vision of the future, and then they're like, "Oh wait, maybe we should just talk this out," and then wow. they just talk it out. Wow! What a it's fucking like, letdown. That's stupid. It's it, it, it's like lame. <laughs> awful lame like, i actually thought it was such a, it was like is one of those trailers where it was like actually at the point where like okay maybe we should actually go see this movie and they, all they did was they fucking wore you down Malosky, to the this is it's deprogramming yeah. from the twilight franchise this is how they fooled everyone to pay for this money movie to make money i'll tell you outside of like i like the cool action shots in the beginning and some of the end yeah but i had trouble like even following the trailer and state like i was i was having trouble like the middle I, part i think it's because we we, we uh, all we all know it's what been twilight ruined is for me already all, it's tough yeah to exactly get back i mean it's, it's also like we're comparing it to a lot of these really good trailers that we've just watched yeah but it's also like it it's actually a pretty decent trailer and i i think in general but it's also the fact that like if you take it out of the realm of twilight yeah. and just look at it as a movie where they're selling super powered yeah vampires I fighting yeah. other vampires right. with werewolves Wolves, like yeah that that is kind of a cool concept. It is a cool concept. It's, it's just it's just rough. Oh, it's it's rough because we we all know what Twilight is, and we all know what the the stigma is around Twilight. So to watch that trailer, it's rough to be like, I'm going to eliminate all that and judge this trailer for yeah. what it's worth. It's uh, that's how you polish a turd, people. That's the, that's the <laughs> lesson there. 
uh, that even the worst movie can sometimes be saved. Um, all right, guys, look, I'm going to play a little sweeper and then uh, we'll just geek out a little bit and uh, uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. What do you say? What do you think, David? Cool. Doc and Nerd. Uh, David, what exactly did you do at the Trail House? Like, what was your day to day? Yeah, that's that's interesting stuff. There, um, a lot of it was like uh, going through footage and like marking time code kind of stuff. Oh, logging, um, like, like really boring. Um, I also did like a lot of just general admin things. Um, I actually I did get to write some copy for a couple trailers. Oh yeah, um, yeah, uh, Cairo time, which you never would have heard of. Never heard uh, of it with uh, Alexander Siddick from. Star Trek. Okay. Um, it's basically this, like, and um, Patricia Clarkson, I want to say. Anyway, it's about this. Well, it's it's not really. Anyway, I wrote this copy. For this. <laughs> but uh, did you did you see that trailer in the theaters? Or did you see your copy? Like, what was that moment? Yeah, that was kind of. Oh, right? I did see it in the theaters, but I saw it on YouTube. That was pretty cool. That's kind of nice. neat. You're like, Good I work, wrote man. those words. And they, this is the movie. <laughs> did you get to see stuff like before it came out? Was that? Cool? Oh yeah, um, I got to see a bunch of movies um do you remember uh dylan dog the brandon ruth movie oh, no um look it up really. it, it may have had a different name um it was the like it's the vampire werewolf zombie kind of superhero movie thing it's really bad really <laughs> not like you're not better off that not way but i got to it. see that before it came out which was kind of cool but it was also before all the special effects had been added in ah and that's kind, that's really kind of weird watch. then huh when you're watching yeah. it without the special effects dylan dog dead of night yeah dead of night that's the one um oh, and it was also hard to tell like when they were mi- like there were certain times when it was obvious that they were missing when they were just like looking up at like half a green screen oh, but man. then it, there were some points when it was like is this like the final four or is this like, are they going to add some more makeup to this guy's arm? Like, like no, we're done. That's, no, that's it. Just it. cut a trailer. Um, Damn it. But yeah, but, uh, so we did that one. And like, um, I got to see the girl with the dragon tattoo, oh, the, cool. um, the original yeah. before it came out in the States, yeah. which was kind of cool. Oh, uh, what was that? Swedish, right? The mm-hmm. Swedish version. Yeah. 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 Swedish um, version, yeah. So we were working on both the American and, um, like European, like international trailers, but that was like, English speaking international. Got it. So that was a really hard one. Cause do you, you know how they cut different trailers for different countries? Like what is the thought process going into that? A little bit. I mean, it's sort of, it's, I mean, it's really easy when you think about the, the, the vastly different markets. I mean, like what appeals to an American audience is going to be very different to the um, Asian markets. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like the Asian trailers and posters are much more action heavy or like they don't get comedies over there okay. because the humor just doesn't translate at all. Sure. Um, Except for Rush Hour movies, so yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Rush Hour translates. <laughs> Probably not. But it's also the same in the trailers, if you think about it that way. So, like, they wouldn't. They would focus a lot more on like, like in a Transformers trailer, they would focus almost entirely on the the robots fighting, as opposed to much, many of the character moments. I, I want to make a quick point too about the the Asian market. Have you have you ever seen like Jackie Chan movies specifically for China, and then when he came over here, they're totally different. Well, yeah, uh, I, I've seen I've seen some of his early like Rumble, stuff. I love, like Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. Bronx. Yeah, 
even though that shot a lot of it's like American, it's it was made I think for the Chinese market. Like a lot of his that comedy over there is very over the top. It slapstick. It's slapstick. Like I remember yeah. watching. I remember Jackie thinking Chan. like Three yeah. Stooges. It's almost. like Three Stooges with just balls out karate. It was he was always the comedy martial artist to me right. with his, in his early movies. But like those movies, then you compare them to Rush Hour, and like the comedy is different. Like it's not slapstick at all in Rush Hour. It's more situational. Situational and more like. Him. Fish out of water. Fish out of water. Fish out, well, yeah, then that, just, that gets that's gonna get old. But I remember Rumble in the Bronx. Like, I thought he was fucking Spider Man for real, dude. He does all his own stunts. The way he would like climb through a scaffolding, and I'm like, dude, that dude is, and then jump up and climb the side. I'm like, that dude's Spider Man. Whenever you do see the outtakes of nervous, I mean, that's like one of his like key hallmark things is the outtakes at the end of his movies and you see him get injured He'll fucking break his leg and just say like let's do it again i got a cast yeah. on fuck it <laughs> sorry to derail that the but man, i just had to point that out we talked about that before the man is insane you gotta love it though you Check gotta it. love that that yeah. commitment and passion uh but i've always been curious like i why what, how, why how they cut trailers yeah, what is the markets? thought process yeah. and uh that makes a lot of sense okay so here's what would happen if we got um a, a client for the trailer house it was basically the uh director at the trailer house would talk to um, some of the marketing team for the trailer for the film rather. And probably some of the people, maybe not the director themselves, but producers or whatever. Um, And they would basically give like um, a detailed overview of sort of what they would want. It would be like, you know, focus on these parts. Do not include this twist. Mm. Don't go past the second act, things like that. Um, Mm. But for the most part, like they kind of got free form and then, Mm. um, we would all watch, all four of us in, in the team would watch the movie. And then we'd kind of come together and discuss like what scenes we thought would work really well. And then the editor would kind of just go off and do his own cut of it. We would come back. And then um, a lot of it would be discussing like from there, like among us, what worked and what didn't work. Um, and then we would show like cuts to the client and then they would give us feedback and we'd have to take on those notes. And a lot of the time it would be like, I think Chris even talked about it. It's sort of like change this or don't change that. Right. And it's a lot of the time it's things that like you actually think that it works really well. Like I remember there was a button um, that we were working on. Uh, the button is the part at the end of the trailer. Yeah. Um, so the button for um, Middle of Nowhere, which is Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually pretty decent. But anyway, um, we were so convinced that this was going to be the best button hmm. for this trailer. And it's it was a really good joke. It's about like her like the girl like being like, is that your drug dealer? It's like, no, he's just my boyfriend who gives me drugs. Kind of something, something along those lines, yeah. you know? Um, and it was really, it was really funny. It's a good laugh. And we were, we kept on pushing it and they kept on saying like, use a different joke. Cause we don't want that joke to get spoiled. And uh. we were like, we we're like, no, but it's going to be a really good one to sell the film. Like, trust us, like kind of thing. But I don't actually, I don't even remember what happened there, but it was, uh, I remember fighting on that one. And it seems like, like your that. job over there too is like, it sometimes it, it, always doesn't connect with the studio in terms of that. You just want to make the best trailer possible with the footage you have. Yeah. Right. And exactly. And a lot of the times it's comes down more to what they don't want to show, like what they want to keep back. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times why you end up with like the trailers with all the best jokes in the trailers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they don't care. Kind of leading to. Yeah. That, 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 that's very interesting. And I, I, it's also, I mean, it's not surprising, but it's interesting to me that the studio will be like, don't use anything after the second act or don't use this twist. That's good. Those are good That's notes. Good. They, That's that good means notes. they actually yeah. care. Has there ever been an instance where you like you're cutting at something and it's just horrible and you know it, but the client, that's what they want and they love it and you're like, this is gonna ruin the whole thing. I mean I don't remember an example from there really. I think 
I know that they were reached a point where they actually got taken off one. I can't remember if it was the American or the international, but we got taken off one of the trailers for um, the girl with the dragon tattoo because it just wasn't coming together. Wow. Um, we it was again. We thought it was really good. They didn't really like it, and we kept on trying to meet with them. But that one was really hard because when you have subtitles, yeah, it, yeah. Ma- it makes it so hard to do the trailer. Oh, so uh, let's talk about that. What yeah. is the strategy now to cut something with subtitles? You got to slow everything down a little bit. Yeah, so it's especially for something like that. It's basically you just don't want to have any dialogue. Yeah, you just want to cut it all out. But you also don't want to have um, it's called like a fish mouth, like goldfish mouth, where they're just like you know, like right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, or, no, where they're talking like, and it's in their mouths, and but nothing's really. No. Yeah, the, the, the so you're lines for are looks, incongruent. You're yeah. looking for moments and and looks. Yeah, and things that will translate without dialogue. Wow, that's quite a challenge. It's Fuck. hard. Yeah. So do, do you like literally cut any scene where they're talking because you have subtitles, or do yeah, you, you leave? Just, or do you leave it? Do you leave it in the native language? You know, whatever the film was made, and then just put subtitles underneath. Well, that, that's the choice. Like oh, that's sometimes, the choice. Okay. yeah. I mean, there are, there definitely are trailers where they'll have some subtitles, but sometimes it's much more powerful to do it without and actually let the copy do the talking. Mm-hmm. So you know, just write some copy for it or get a voiceover on it sure. um, in the in English and see how it plays. Oh wow, that's tricky. That's super interesting. Did you uh? So did you ever want to go into like actually cutting trailers? Like, how long were you at the trailer house? Um, I was there for about six months. Um, it was at a transitional time for me so i went to film school um at vassar and graduated with my degrees in screenwriting yeah so i was trying to find that kind of work so working at the trailer house i was trying to focus more on the the copywriting side of it and stuff um so i did actually try to do um copywriting as i moved on um and write copy for more trailers but never really took off um but yeah i'd always been more that was sort of where my interest was so when i left um the trailer company actually moved to the BBC pretty quickly, and that was all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, anything, any like final thoughts or anything, David? Uh, I mean, this was actually a really cool experience going. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. Uh, and I like, like you said, we looked. And at, I like your perspective. We looked at the artsy trailers with Satello, and then we looked at the blockbuster trailers with Malowski, and you can appreciate both, both for 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 both. I like the artsy trailers a lot, though. Well, the thing is about the trailers that David pointed out is that they still fit within the parameters that Chris said of yes. what are good yes. trailers. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. again, there's no reason that we have to have these dumb trailers. Like, yeah. just have some faith in your product. Don't show us John Connor is going to be the Terminator still. I don't understand that decision. <laughs> They're like, no one's going to fucking come see this movie. It's called Terminator, dude. Just have faith in Terminator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think even from that point, it's just – that's more about not having faith in the product than right. even an issue with the trailer itself. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's that was such a weird choice to make. Yes, it's so bad. I, it made me angry when I watched the movie that you had cheated me out of this great moment. That if I if I hadn't seen the trailer, how huge would that moment been when he shows up? And you're like, what? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, the movie wasn't the best, but no. you're right. Some it, people like it. It has fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you're right though. Like that. It, like you said, it made me like angry. I'm like, this is a pivotal moment in yeah. the Terminator franchise. When John Connor, you realize that he's a Terminator. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Why would you reveal that? It's terrible, just terrible. 
I think that like going back to the Star Wars trailers, yes. like the only moment in all of the three, you guys have seen all three yeah. trailers, right? Yeah. The only moment in, in those that made me feel that way was when um, Finn actually ignites the, the blue lightsaber. That was almost too much. That, that, was, yeah. that For me, I was like, that's, I'm drawing the line. Yeah. I'm done. Like I knew that he was going to get the lightsaber and everything, right. but it was just like reaching that moment. And I was like, all right. There's a diff- there's a difference from it being implied to it being shown. Yeah. Because yeah. now you're like, whoa, he's uh, why does he have a lightsaber? Right. Is he a Jedi? What the shit well, is that, going that, on? It just but, re- re- it ruins them intrigue. Yeah, but the whole reason to include that shot is so that now they can start selling the lightsaber toys. Oh yeah. boy, see Disney's got a crazy balancing act. But uh, <laughs> let's hope more people can follow the that Star Wars pattern. But I agree. I think it's only because of Star Wars. Like, I don't think I they don't would think, have. Faith I don't think in many. Stu- I think. The studio is so confident in the Star Wars brand that they could have put out any sort of trailer. And this is just unique to it being Star Wars. I don't think you'll see a lot of trailers follow this. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully we're wrong. I think we're going to stick to the formula. You never know because the movie is going to make a lot of money. And I know a lot of marketing teams are going to be looking at that going, can we do what they're doing? They'll be like, you're not fucking Star Wars. It's a a unique situation. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, man, this coming year with all these movies and heroes battling each other in every franchise. That's another podcast, bro. That's (laughs) another podcast. But, hey, uh, David, tell the listener uh, where they can find you, what you got coming up at AP2HYC. Um, So, yeah, you can find us at AP2HYC.com. We're at um, AP2HYC on Facebook and Twitter um, and Instagram and AP2HYC.tumblr.com. We're starting our Tumblr. Tumblr up a bit more. And um, the brand new thing that we're super excited about is our Patreon. Oh, oh nice. Jumping on the Patreon. All uh, right. Talking nerd. Get one of those right around. Right on. Yeah, so it's patreon.com slash AP2HYC. Nice. And that's going to be for our new um, digital calendar, which is going to be featuring a whole bunch of cool artists and dates. And Are you doing it digital this year, huh? Yeah, we're going digital so that um, it – Various reasons, but um, for the moment, that's how we're doing it. And uh, it's going to be printable. It's also going to be like desktop wallpaper. Nice. That's a great idea. The easier distribution that way. This yeah, is the exactly. future, man. You don't got to mail shit out to everyone. Uh, and also, listener, uh, Jessica Jones just recently came out. They've already watched all of it and got a full review. Am I right? Um, yes. We absolutely have. Um, I think we're releasing most – I think we have four or five episodes already out and we're just basically getting them out as quickly as we can. Ooh, OK. So did you binge that? I haven't watched it yet. OK. I'm, because I, the reason is You're I'm in America and my wife uh, – I'll just say they watched uh, it right away. When you guys tweeted you'd watched it, it was like the next day. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. my, my, um, one of my sidekicks, Alex, woke up at like 3 a.m. with a – Big pack of monster and just marathon the whole oh, thing. Wow. And Holy just crap! The whole thing. Oh, he gets he gets one of those. That that's is uh, he did he want to kill himself afterwards? I don't know. That's a fucking that's <laughs> well. Well, for the listener, he did the same thing with Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. For the listener, this will have been out for a month, but you should definitely just for just for the dedication alone of watching a uh, powering through it right when it comes out. You guys should definitely check out AP Two HYC and check out. You said Alex. Um, Alex Scott and Celia, I think, yeah. are the ones to Ch- check yeah. out their reviews of Jessica Jones. All the links in the show notes, listener. You won't miss a thing. I hope you had fun playing along. Uh, if you uh, let us know what your favorite trailer is, I'd love to. We'd love to hear what what kind of trailers turn you on. Send us an email, show at jockandnerd.com, or send us a speak pipe like David does every so often, and I love it. 
Uh, go to yeah. speakpipe.com. It's super duper easy to send them a, a speakpipe, right? guys. There you go. It's He's like vouching you, for it on air. It's like you can instantly jump in the conversation and we'll play. You'll hear it on the next. You show. You can ask me a UFC question like David did that one. That time. was a, that was a great question, and it actually tied the whole theme of we started with UFC and we brought it back with your question. It was a perfect. It was a great show. Uh, go to speakpipe.com/slash/jockandnerd or click the link in your show notes. Anthony, where else can they find us? Man, Twitter, Jock and Nerd Cast, C A S T. Also, Facebook.com slash Jock and Nerd. We're also somewhat on Clamor. We haven't released a bunch of stuff, but uh, maybe we will. We're and still on it, we do, uh, And we do live shows on this thing called Blab. The Blab is check out the Blab. Go to jockandnerd.com slash live. You'll get to hang out with a felty American rug boy, ask him questions, and hear his thoughts on things. It's- you hang out with a Pakistani American and... A mixed Asian, Polish American, and, and then a felty American. It's the most <laughs> diverse podcast out there. Oh, shit. You will never find a lineup like that. Jockandnerd.com slash live. We're live every week on Blab talking about the week's shows. Uh, David, I know it's late for you over in uh, where you're in uh, London for our shows, but I'm in DC, dude. I mean, well, when Not we right do now. this show, when you go the, home, the Blab, yeah, yeah, yeah I would love late. to get you. Know, you should check it out. It is so much fun. I will. I I do want to try to get on one awesome. for sure, dude. It's wha- it's it's wackiness, and it's it's like take it's a whole another beast of its own. I can't. I don't know what's going on, but like we've got viewers and followers, and they're talking about us. It's nuts. It's fucking weird. Yeah, I'm definitely listening to all of them. And yeah, the, they're fun to listen to too. You can fun. hear the live energy. Uh, but uh, the most important thing you could do is subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast yep. app. Just search Jock and Nerd or go to jockandnerd.com slash review. It'll take you to our iTunes page. And we would love for them to leave a rating and a reviewing. Yes, because you don't, you may not believe this, but every nice rating and review helps the show. So it helps us get that. found. That's yes. a lot of fun. Uh, and as always, tell a friend, give him one of these. Jock and nerd. There you go. Well, as you walk by, do a drive by. David, you end your speak pipes the exact proper way, and everyone at the end of the at the end of the speak pipe, you leave one of these. Jock and nerd, and uh, we love it. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening, listener. My name's Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And we'll catch you next time. Hi guys, it's David uh, from Play Singer Cape. Um, it's been about a week since we recorded our um, trailer podcast, and in that time, both Captain America Civil War and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice have released new trailers. So I thought I would give you a little audio review of both of those so that you could tag that at the end of the um, trailer podcast that we already recorded. So I'm going to start with Batman vs. Superman, even though it was the second one that came out. Um, I really did not like that trailer. It did not even rate on the FYF scale because I did not feel like saying fuck yeah at the end of that. Um, basically, I think that the first two minutes were okay, and I probably would have given that a 12 if it had ended where, um, Superman says, you know, stay down, you, I, I would, you'd be dead if I wanted you to be. Because at that moment, they're still fighting, and that's what the title is. And that's what I am eager to see. Um, but the rest of that with, like, they reveal Doomsday, they show Wonder Woman and, like, the three of them together. And, like, I get that that's, like, their money shot, but 
I mean, if they had just cut from stay down, whatever, to just that last shot at, you know, after the title or something, um, that would have been great. But like showing doomsday just made me really like not care anymore. I don't know. It made me feel like I've seen the whole movie now. Like this is the whole movie. I also like, I feel like the sting at the opening where it's like, um, there's like this musical sting when uh, Superman first sees, or Clark Kent first sees Bruce Wayne. There's like this like, or something that, that just took me right out of it. And like the whole first bit is just like, it's a little pandery. And like, I feel like Lex Luthor is such like the fanboy, like what they want the fanboys to be like in that. So I give that out of 20, I give it a nine, I guess, maybe just for the some of the cool scenes. But really, I just thought that was a bad trailer. Too long, didn't get me excited. In fact, it made me not want to see the film. Bad trailer. Now, let's talk about Civil War. I am super excited for Civil War. And I thought that trailer was really sweet. I gave it, uh, I think I emailed Imran as soon as I saw it and I gave it a 19. I'm dialing it back down to an 18, but still I'm saying fuck yeah at the end of that trailer. So here's what I think. So the the opening with um, the, it cuts the scene that's like from the end of Ant-Man. I thought that was really good. It like brings me, it's like the trailer opens where I last left the Marvel Universe. That works for me really well. Um, beyond that, I think that, you know, the real focus on Cap and Bucky throughout the whole trailer, and my assumption is that's going to be the relationship that, you know, is going to be the focus of the film. I thought that worked really well. And yeah, I know a lot of fanboys are really complaining that, you know, there's the Sokovia Accords and not, um, the Superhero Registration Act, but I mean, we all knew that was coming. This isn't a surprise at all. Um, you know, we've had months to, to deal with the changes they're making to the story. I'm fine with it all right now. Um, I think if you think about the three Captain America films, excluding his appearances in the Avengers, it's all three of them have been about his relationship with Bucky. I mean, in the first one, he becomes Captain America. Like, he does his first Captain America mission to save Bucky. And then his failure to save Bucky basically becomes the whole premise of the second film. I mean, later on when he fails to save Bucky, you know what I mean? Um, and then now the third film is sort of the redemption almost for both of them. And I think that's cool. I'm, I'm psyched for this film. Um, I think that they had a lot of cool shots. I think that, you know, there was a lot of rising tension throughout that trailer. Um, I think like Chris said, you know, that it definitely felt, you know, a connection to the character in the film, you know, Captain America. And I think that building, um, Stark as the villain in that way. Um, and still like probably going to be the most sympathetic villain we get in the Marvel, um, the MCU. But at any rate, um, I was also really excited to see general Ross. I think it's really cool that they're finally, um, bringing back some elements from incredible Hulk. Um, I hope that if we do see red Hulk, that we get a big red bushy mustache, but otherwise, um, yeah. So that's an 18 for me. Fuck yeah. Captain America. And, um, that's me done. Chuck and nerd.